Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi guys, it's that time of week again. It's Tony Evans here with uh, Heavy Metal Tones, your favorite heavy metal podcast. Uh, this is a little pre-intro thing to say that uh, it's coming up to my 50th episode. Who would believe it? 50 episodes of this old bugger speaking. Uh, about all sorts of stuff. Anyway, it's coming up in about three or four weeks' time. Um, I'd love you to all jump on to my Facebook page. I'll put the link below in the show notes. That's Heavy Metal Tones Facebook page. And just let me know what you'd like for the 50th episode. Is anything particularly you want? Uh, anything to chat to, talk about, uh, subjects, that sort of thing. You know, um, get stuck in and uh, let me know. Otherwise, I will already have some ideas. But if I've got some stuff you guys want to listen to, or to hear about, let me know. Okay, now on with the show. Welcome guys, this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones. You've just heard me in a little intro asking you to come and give me some ideas, so do as I tell you, please jump on and, and let me know. Anyway, this episode is, as you can tell by the thumbnail and the headline, it's about my favourite Ozzy Osbourne solo album. It's not one that people would expect it to be, and it's not one that people genuinely um, like. Oh, by the way... Uh, I have a little visitor today in the recording studio. I've got my little pet cat, Phoebe, here. She's a big purrer. So if you hear her purring in the background, under the mic, uh, it's just her being happy, sitting on my lap. Uh, we never know she might jump off and smash everything uh, when she, if she gets startled, but at the moment she's just settling down. Anyway, so it's uh, No Rest for the Wicked, right? So it's Ozzy Osbourne's fifth solo album after leaving Sabbath. Um, and it was released on the 28th of September 1988. Okay, it was reissued in 1995 and again in 2002. It reached 13 on the Billboard US Billboard chart, and it was the first time that we get to hear Zach Wilde recording with Ozzy or recording in general. Now, um, a lot of people do say to me that I have some very strange choices in favourites, uh, often the off-kilter, not the ones that most people listen to, uh, or, or rate, and I think for me it's uh, it's an emotional 
uh, I this when I say think of my top tens, top fives, and favorites, a lot of them are more emotional than physical. So uh, I bought the album when it came out on uh, cassette, I believe. Yes, I did. Um, and then again, <coughs> pardon me, on CD. And it was really important time because I was about to leave school. Um, and I, you know, I was sort of getting into the, that, the real heavy scene, which was sort of, as you know, in the late eighties was sort of pretty dire, really it was sort of, um, you know, just coming up to the grunge, um, phenomena was sort of creeping in. You'd had your pseudo electronic pop for some time. R&B was reigning supreme. Heavy rock was something that your dads listened to and they, they made that horrible term AOR, just adult oriented rock. I can't stand that uh, moniker. It's one of my least favorite things. If I see things um, ticked with that, I tend to, uh, I'm not walk away, but I tend to take a deep breath. Anyway, so it comes out. I bought it at our price in Brent Cross, uh, North London. Is a, uh, and, I put it on, and I remember I didn't hear any of the singles from it. Um, it. I didn't really. I think Miracle Man was a single off of it. Um, I didn't really go into it knowing. I, uh, I I was one of those people. I still am. Just buy the album. You know, at the end of the day, it's pennies. Uh, not going to change your life, and it might change your life. You know what I mean, like musically, but it's not going to make you bankrupt most of the time. So I bought it with my pay packet and uh, I wasn't getting paid much it was on £1.25 an hour so if you think about it now it's criminal isn't it and that is a long time ago now though and minimum wage has changed in the UK um, and so you know it's his fifth studio album it it's very much hindered or uh, in most people's views um by the, the the recording sound, the, the the studio, the mix, the um, eclecticism of the of the of the lyrical content. Um, some people say it's a bit too digital, not digital because it's pre-digital, but a bit too clean. Some people say it's a bit um, stop-gappy. Well, for me, it's the perfect follow-on to um, his previous album. Uh, which was really kind of, it was very weak. I didn't think Mortal Sim was a a, a really strong album. I thought it was sort of um, a little bit, I'm gonna put my, my tea down, excuse me. My camel up, I can't much room. I thought it was a little bit insipid, to be honest. Did you notice my uh, ever so slightly silly error there? Not mortal sin, ultimate sin. Uh, I was thinking of something else, <laughs> different band. Um, yeah, it was an insipid, blandish album that uh, I can't tell you. I don't think I've ever played probably more than three times. Again, some people love that album. I think it's a terrible cover. It's a very lightweight. Even Ozzy thought it was very lightweight and underproduced. Um, anyway. So Ozzy then has had several guitarists since leaving um, 
the immortal Black Sabbath, of course, the, the legendary one and only Randy Rose, then Jakey Lee, and then we have Zach Wild. Now, Zach Wild, how do I think? What do I think about Zach Wild? Okay, I saw Zach Wild with Black Label Society at Soundwave. So, for you overseas listeners, it's like the Australian version of Download, or it's a metal, it was a metal and punk. Uh, festival that went over one to two days. I saw them with on a small stage, and it was probably about oh no, hundred hundred and fifty people, and I was right at the front. And he came in on entered the stage wearing an Indian red head, uh, feather headdress, um, and you know he's he's a polarizing character. We all know how we feel about Aussie. I'm not going to talk about how we feel about Aussie, but that's a whole different thing. This took about the people around him in this album so Zach Zach was uh, he's a very I mean extremely talented guitarist with and has created a sound I think he's created Aussie's modern sound he's post um, I think the post Jakey Lee sound definitely is him Um, and look the story goes that he recorded uh, some music and how he did it for his demo he he recorded into one boombox and for you youngsters that's a tape deck and as he was playing back the the previous piece he soloed over the, over the top and recorded it onto another so it was early form of double tracking he had big blonde hair he looked like um, he looked like uh, a sort of Randy Rhodes knockoff and he sent the tape to Ozzy, and Ozzy chucked it in the pile, went on oh, no, another Randy Rhodes. I don't need someone like him. He was looking for something different. And Sharon's like, no, no, give this guy a listen. And, of course, the rest is history. He, he got him to come down to... to um, apparently, <laughs> Jakey, uh, Zach Wilde said that he thought, when he got the t- a call from Sharon, uh, he thought it was his mate's mum fucking him about it wasn't until he got the plane tickets in the mail that he realised, shit, he's got to go down for the audition. Um, so he went down and auditioned, and of course he got the part. Uh, Ozzy being Ozzy is fantastic. He says, he says, and I quote, When I first saw his photograph on the tape, he looked like a Randy Rhodes knockoff. Now he looks like a member of the Taliban. <laughs> Which I can sort of see, right? The difference... The difference, though, I think between there she goes. The difference, though, I think between um, so Randy and Zach, and even Jack, Jake, is that Randy was a near and had neoclassicism in his soul. So, like Randy was always um, wherever he went, he was looking for guitar teachers, and he wanted to be a guitar teacher himself, and he wanted to go to university and study classical music. Uh, uh, and so in his soul, he was a, he's a, a classicist. Uh, whereas uh, Randy, even though he, sorry, uh, Zach, even though he copied um, uh, even though he copied Randy um, as a um, uh, like with that sort of neoclassicism, he also had this um, southern whiskey-soaked, um, uh, you know. Texan barbecue style sound. Um, did you hear that wonderful edit? I smacked the mic as my cat decided to jump from my lap as well, and then it all 
to shit. Anyway, okay, so yes, as I was saying, so he had this sort of, you know, that sort of honky-tonk, um, deep southern blues vibe, and, and you get that with his sound and his guitar. I really think you hear that. You hear that guttural um, heat, sweat, um, long hair, leathers, bikes. It really is very much Zach, um, and anyone knows Zach, uh, you'll find it out. The one thing about this album that I do like, um, and some of the earlier uh, other works that um, Zach has uh, recorded with um, with uh, Ozzy, is that this particular one, now, part of my, when I say this, but I, I'm a guitar nerd, and I love all that sort of, everything to do with fast, heavy guitars, but there is only so much pinch harmonics a man can take. Now, uh, those that don't know what a pinch harmonic is, so uh, it's got a, a more youthful term as a squealy. It's that high-pitched note that comes in through the middle of the bar. It's basically um, when you strike the note with your, with your pick and then follow through with your thumb and you dead the string at a certain part in between the pickups and a cer and certain notes on the fretboard you create a, a harmonic note and it's a pinch one so it's like a quick one um and, and look you know what did my a good friend of mine uh once said you know when you when you think zach can't squeeze another one into the bar oh there he goes another one's in it's very hard technique to master at, at will and he can do it at will, so he shows off. So sometimes it's a bit too much. You know, please, Zach, please, please, please stop. Anyway, Zach, if you're hearing, not that you're going to, I'm sure I don't care. And who do you care about me? But the point is, yeah, it's a bit too much sometimes. So Zach recorded this particular um, album on his 1981 um, Gibson uh, target is Les Paul, the classic Les Paul target. Yeah, Tinkly, that's my daughter, my little cat. Um, and it's uh, quite a beautiful guitar, if I have to say. Um, he 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 used uh, when he started originally first recording. Uh, he was using a, a Metaltronics amp. Um, and it just the sound just didn't work. It was just wasn't working. So he was in the studio, and, and some bright spark decided, "Hey, why don't you go and grab this?" And he grabbed. They gave him a classic Marshall JMC 800. Um, that by that noise in the background was my neighbours mowing the lawn again. Okay, uh, yeah, JMC 800 combo amp. Um, now it's the same one that White Snake used in the studio. Um, it has uh, he with his guitar. He's got EMG eighty one eighty and eighty five pickups, and uh, he likes to use uh, just a basic um, uh, fuzz uh, distortion pedal uh, through the amp in the mix. There, um, he also he pans that through a four times twelve inch Marshall cab with a it's an SD one Super Overdrive. That's the pedal. For you guitar nerds, it puts it in the chain, and the sound is massive. Now, I think that particular cab for speaker nuts is either a um, uh, either a a black um, 
they're by the black backs or green backs. I'm not quite sure. I haven't checked yet. Um, one second. I'm just going to pause and shut the door. That is really irritating me. Okay, guys. We still might. We still might see it. I'll hear it. Sorry if we do. Um, many apologise. Many apologises. I'm making up words. Many apologies um, for that fact. Uh, it's just. Um, just my fact of work living in a, a house which gardens and the gardeners like to mow lawns and the time of day I got, I've got to record is this time so that's where it is so as I was saying so um, let's say greenbacks or blackbacks I'm not quite sure um, greenbacks have a, a, a much rounder sound and blackbacks because have a much deeper sound I'm probably going to think in 88 these are probably blackbacks um Greenbacks are quite hard to get hold of. Um, anyway, so Zach decided that when he came to this album, the recording, he was going to pull all the stops out. He's going to do sweet picking, harmonic minor scales, diminish scales, tapping, pentatonic scales. Um, I think that a little bit of chicken picking as well, which is really to belies his country sound. That you know, I was mentioned before, that's a honky tonk blues driven uh, bayou. Um, sound. Um, it it I think it's his, I think it's his best work with Ozzy. Um, as I said before at the beginning, you know, this sort of music music is so subjective, isn't it? Um, I don't want to be, you know, lying to you and saying, oh no, my favourite ones, you know, um, Bark at the Moon or Diary of a Madman. Yeah, they're amazing albums. They truly are. But the one that sort of sings and resonates with me is this. I mean, you think about it. There's someone in 30-odd years' time again, like with me, is going to get very, very gooey over Slipknot, um, you know, or, or Tool or something awful like Ghost or Bloody Limp Biscuit or something like that. They're, they, you know, um, they, they're going to be... You know, gonna, and, and someone else is going to be talking about it and they're going, what are you talking about? It's rubbish. Uh, and it's because that it, it, they came to, to it in that emotional period in their life. Um, and it does create uh, a sense of 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 good feel, of, uh, a feel-good factor in them. Anyway, back to where I was. Okay, so um, it's a really interesting... It's The album itself was it has some very uh, gifted alumni on it. You've got Bob Daisley on bass. Now, Bob Daisley's worked with, he's an Australian from Sydney, and he's worked with um, Aussie for many years. I mean, on and off, there's been some, you know, um, legal wranglings with songwriting um, issues over the songwriting credits on um, Diary of a Madman. That aside, that's an, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm just going to talk about the here and now and the album that he's on. Um, he's an amazing bass player. Uh, he's you know he played with Uriah Heep and Rainbow. Um, you know he was and he collaborated on Blizzard of Oz, Diary of a Madman, Bark at the Moon, Ultimate Sin, No More Tears. He's worked with Gary Moore, um, and just you know uh, a superb. Superb bass player, and one of those bass players like Steve Harris um, that can just you know they they write great songs. Um, they just knuckle down, and they're not just that one octave below 
the main end sitting along they you know they play um he plays parts that you know disparate and um jarring to the other parts but at the same time beautiful and synergistic um uh, and a lot and also i mean he just he played really well with randy castillo on drums um who spent the 80s and 90s playing with ozzy and with motley crew um sadly he passed away in 2002 of cancer i think it was jaw but cancer was great on his jaw um a great 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 bass bass player and drum drum combination great rhythm section so really tight band you know zach coming through young 21 year old you know um really wanting to impress then you've got the the eight you know the at the middle-aged um songwriters of of daisley and osborne and castillo and they're you know they're writing they've got such pedigree under their belts um that you know they've seen it all done it all really even by 88 standards ozzy um wasn't quite clean of course uh we all know that um sharon was trying to clean him up he still was taking you know heavily into his drugs and his alcohol uh, I, I mean i think he tried to by that point in 88 i could be wrong sorry ozzy aficionados out there waving their fingers at me and saying no he was clean by then um i don't think he was i think that he was still uh he was he wasn't like he is now he's you know he's fu- i think he was functional then um and i think ozzy now to be truthful god bless the dark lord's soul um he's not that functional now um the album is really eclectic in its um breakdown now i'm gonna i've rabbled rabbited on um i'm gonna come back to the other side talk about the producer of the album um that the song mixes the lyrical content uh, i'm gonna go and fresh my cup of tea i've gone well over my time i should usually get a break in by now but um you gotta get yourself a new drink uh and you know get that find the album on spotify if you want listen to the album before we chat to the, about the songs and then uh We'll uh, see what your th- opinions are. Anyway, talk to you on the other side, guys. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, guys. Welcome back to After the, uh, after the Break. And you've listened to some nice um, advertising that might make you buy a mattress or buy some shares. Who knows? Anyway, so we've talked about the people in the band and their pedigree. Let's talk about the people behind the scenes. Um, so it was produced by Roy Thomas Baker, British-born producer with a very, very long pedigree. I'm not going to name everything because it'd be too much. But he's, you know, he's on. He did Queen's Queen, he did Queen Two, Queen Night of the Opera, Yes, Paris Live Sessions, The Stranglers Ten. I mean, so many, many more. Even stuff up like. Uh, in different genres he's doing dance music pop music really really clever and I think uh, he and Ozzy have fallen out over time and I think they've had uh, issues Um, it was being produced um, before that uh, and uh, they brought him in to fix it because it was sounding really really um, crap Um, and they had to because I said after Ultimate Sin they needed a heavier heavier sound and Roy Thomas Baker was that man. So, yeah, you go. You've got this great sort of... Um, and it was recorded live as well. So the, the tracks in the studio, they, were, they weren't laid down like they are now on Pro Tools, clicked and moved and cleaned and polished. And you go away now, you've played four notes and I'll repeat it 17 times uh, and we've got a song. No, these were... Um, the Aussie's always been into the live in the studio sound, so he. I don't know if he does it so much now, but he was. He liked the knowing that your guitarists are playing together, your bass player and the drummer are in the same room, you know, or in separate rooms, but in the same studio. That the singer is, you know, is in another room to the guitar. It just felt like they're all together making a song, not uh, a bunch of, um, you know, sort of. Um, flying by nights, jumping in, jumping out, make it and going away, which often is the case, I think, with modern music. Uh, I've talked about it before. It's a different subject. I won't talk about it now. Uh, my dislike for um, extremely cleaned click track music. We all listen to it. We all will not, you know, sometimes you forgive its sins and just listen to the music for the music's sake. But there are other times when I just, I can hear it and it hurts me. I, it just does. Um, anyway. So we've got this great producer, we've got this great guitarist, we've got a great bass player, and a you know a very good drummer, and we and we've got this great setup with his Marshall and his JMC eight eight hundred and his his fantastic 
um, Gibson Les Paul, which is the only way you can get that sound. Honestly, guys, is with a Les Paul. You aren't getting his sound with a Fender or a Jackson or a, you know, PS PRS. You're just not going to. Um, there's something that um, Gibson. Get my tea. Sorry. Something that Gibson does very well is dirty, filthy, devil-driven. You know, blues-ridden heavy rock. Um, it's the guitar choice. It should be the only guitar, in my opinion. But anyway, you know, what do I know? Okay. So we move on to the actual album itself. Okay, I think it's a it's a really eclectic mix of um, of, ti- of song titles. Okay, I'm going to read them through to you. You probably all know them anyway, but I'll read them through. Look at this. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. See, I do have notes, Captain. I do have notes. Um, starts with Miracle Man. It runs in at 3 minutes 44. You've got Devil's Daughter, Holy War, 5.15. Crazy Babies at 4.15. Breaking in the, All the Rules at 5 minutes 15. Bloodbath in Paradise, 5.03. Tattooed Dancer, 3.53. Um, Demon Alcohol, 4.30. And last but not least, Hero at 4.49. So they're not long songs. They're not hanging around. They're not protastic moments of orgiastic keyboard solos. Um, uh, they are perfect length rock and roll, heavy metal rock and roll. And, you know, Ozzy comes from that blues background when it was the earth band you know teddy boy sorry not teddy boy Ugh, wrong thing not teddy boy it was a bother boy which is like the skinheads um you know and he pulls dramatically on his life um experiences with most of his songs does ozzy um you know miracle man uh you know it it's just about you know someone who's selling snake oil you know um blue medicines full of green smoke you know as my um dad would say you know uh, bottles of blue steam you know uh the kind of guy that would send you down when you worked in a factory uh and it was your first job at a 15 year old you know he'd send you down to the to the um to the guy that owned the stores and ask for a you know a spirit level bubble or some sparks for the grinder, or some steam for the kettle, um, that kind of thing, or a long stand, you know, those kind of people. Uh, and about the, and uh, it's about that sort of swagger that they have. And this this sort of um, this sort of lyrical content um, tends to find itself all the way through the album. Um, you got Devil's Daughter. Uh, Holy War. So uh, that one is that one is a little bit more um, of an interesting number. It's one I can't get my head around, to be honest with you. So the lyric is like, "Well, I know where you live. I know you live alone. I I'll pay a visit in your darkest hour. Got to treat store won't be the same no more, and I'll demonstrate my holy power." And then the chorus is, "I see through you. I see through what is inside you. I'll make you." Break down, break down, and cry. Devil's daughter, you don't want a holy war. Uh, I'll be honestly, I'm not quite sure. It could be about issues he had with Sharon, because uh, he may have been having marital issues then. It does sound like a relationship kind of thing that's sort of mixed in 
Um, your future days have passed. No use in fighting battles you can't win. The final conflict's lost. You can't afford the cost. Don't try to expiate your father's sins. That, I think, is Sharon. Because he, he's, her father was a favorite, famous record producer. And I think maybe they were having t- troubles. I mean, again, those... I didn't dig into that one um, because I was digging more into sort of the production of the albums. Um, if anyone out reached out and let me know if that's the case, it makes sense now looking at it. Um, I'm doing this live, by the way, folks, off the cuff. I'm reading the lyrics as I go straight from Spotify. Uh, and then we've got, you know, Crazy Babies. Yeah, Crazy Babies is another one um, that sort of eludes me um, a little bit crazy babies never say die born to live on a permanent high flying high above the world below they'd better come down soon or you, everyone will, will know I look again that's a drug thing I mean was he drugged he probably was at the time or drunk it sounds like a reference to being high and uh, drug references which yeah again nothing to shake a stick at it's Aussie right it's just the way it, it is you know with him you, you are what you are with Aussie. You get what it says on the bottle, um, what it says on the tin. Breaking All the Rules is probably one of my favourites on the album. Uh, it definitely is one of my favourites on the album. It's got a great swaggering guitar piece. It's, I think it's um, probably Zach, one of Zach's best um, solos. Uh, it has a, it's just really strong. Um, lyrically, lyrically, again... Well, I know I could be just another stranger, but to you, I guess I'm just another fool. I, I, ah, breaking all the rules. I mean, again, is it to do with these relationships? It, you know, it probably is. Um, it really probably is. My, my head's so full of things, I set my mind free of them. I'm breaking all the rules. Yeah, again, he probably, if he was going through a, a tough relationship um, moment in that particular time in his life then he would have been taking more drugs to cover up his uh, his sadness. Which is, you know, good. Uh, but I said that's one of my favourite solos on the album. Um, let's have a look at the next one. we got Bloodbath in Paradise. Okay. This has a great swaggering opening piece. Um, you know, okay, so if people that listen to this podcast enough will know, I like really filthy, dirty rock and roll, right? I do like clean... Um, well-polished music, but I like stuff that's really, you know, sounds like it was made in by the devil. You know, what I mean that. It sounds like a stupid thing to say, but you know what I mean. It's I'm not a believer in the devil, but uh, you know, it has that grit, that grime, that underproduced, um, under uh, uh, almost poorly played to some extent. Uh, and you get that sort of thing with Bloodbath and Paradise. I like. The, the middle eight refrain in he, in this song. It has a really hooky middle eight. Um, lyrically, again, you're coming home, there's blood on the walls, and Charlie... It, okay, that's straightforward. We know that's about... We know that's about Charlie... That's, that's about the Charles Manson, okay? Um, those that are not sure who that is, young people listen to this podcast. Uh, <coughs> in, the, in the height of the summer of love... Um, Charles Manson um, and a his family, a bunch of drugged out um, neophytes, uh, went and on his demand, on his command, butchered a pregnant Sharon Tate, who was then married to 
uh, Roman Polanski um, he killed her her unborn child and other people at the part at a party they that they invaded um, if I've got any of the wrong those I've, I've washed over a very horrible tragic story um, I'm trying to keep it a bit light guys but that's it's basically about that all right um, and Manson died in prison only a few years ago unremorseful um, and uh, a nasty piece of work to the end um, you know um, and it's you know he I mean again uh, the lyric is very well done it's very Aussie the California Sun uh, but you're still in bed and the California rain is turning red no sign of life on the keepers of doom in Charlie and the keepers scarlet room um, you know I mean can you hear them in the darkness helter skelter spiral madness that's a beautiful line because Charlie Charles Manson blamed the Beatles song, song helter skelter for him to going on his a killing spree um, uh, squeal piggy squeal and all that stuff um, it's and because at one point or another Charles uh, said the devil was making him do it as well all this sort of stuff we know it's basically just a very um, very a very damaged human post-war American when a lot of that happened in the post-war America with serial killers well, the highest rate of serial killers in, in the world was post-war America because of damaged fathers and sons coming back from war who couldn't quite fit in, um, uh, taking lots of then legal drugs. As I said before, LSD, you took the LSD then, you didn't get up and party. As I said before, you were the chair. Uh, and it damaged them to the point where they, what they thought was real, um, sadly, uh, for the tragedy of a lot of people is not so that's uh, again it's quite a dark song for, uh, quite a dark album when we deep when we actually dig into it um, now following from that we have fire in the sky fire in the sky okay let's have a look at the lyric on fire in the sky the introduction to his heartache began as a child it's no wonder that he grew up so be so wild so he protected his feelings in the walls he imagined, but castles crumble, exposing your frightened child. Yeah, fire in the sky. Now, like again, that could be um, anything. It could also be a Manson reference. Um, one of a great line. Now castles crumble, exposing his naked flames. Yeah, fire in the sky. Can't you see them all? Castles are burning. I think it's just. Um, a beautiful line. It could also be um, to do with things like the Reformation or the... You could read anything into that song. Those that are really into Aussie, please do uh, reach out and tell me what that is about. Personally, this album is not about um, in-depth uh, uh, sort of... Um, what's the word? In-depth... Uh, um, pathology of the songs lyric i just want to uh see how i feel and I, I feel this song is one of my again one of my favorites fire in the sky it's just that ozzy's um lyrical refrain on all the songs in this album uh i've made notes here actually when i say here um yeah i think it it it, it he's got a really um a clean vocal uh it doesn't feel he's also if i could 
sort of stand back. There's not a real ballad on this album. Ozzy does suffer towards the end of his towards the end of his solo career. I mean, sure he's still making albums. That there's a too many ballads, um, which is I don't know whether it's because he can't doesn't want to be as aggressive or he's getting old. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. Either way, uh, Fire in the Sky, great song. Let's move on to the next one. And then you've got Honest, possibly, uh, I think, arguably, uh, one of Ozzy's best post um, Randy Rhodes songs. I'm going to get a lot of feedback off this. And it's actually very un PC now, and the woke community would probably wipe this from their um like they do with all histories they wipe it from history because it doesn't affect it doesn't uh sit in their gender um but this one tattooed dancer now when i first heard this there's a song there's a movie okay let, let's just oh nip the mic there's a movie uh, a spanish mexican movie it came out in 88 called Santa Sangrea. Uh, if you can get it, it's on Tubi uh, and on, on YouTube and on, um, I don't think it's on any of the Australian streaming sites, but if you can see it, uh, side note, I went and saw the movie with my brother uh, and it's about a, a quick, quick story. It's about a tattooed, a heavily tattooed, very, very buxom, um, larger sort of, and it's a woman in a, and she's in a, it's in a, a set in a, like a traveling circus. And this beautiful, heavily tattooed woman is married to the ringmaster, who's this big, must sort of fat, blonde, um, uh, drunkard. And she's having an affair with everyone on the, in the, in the show. And he catches her. And basically in one brilliant scene, he lops both her arms off. Uh, and the son who's watching uh, is traumatized, and the, the the dad tattoos an eagle into his chest. You watch him do it on the screen. Um, anyway, it's then about about this boy. Uh, we don't know it's the boy. It's the man and the boy imagery. Uh, he goes on a bit of a, a killing spree. He falls in love with this mute. Uh, it's look. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. And I remember coming out and being sort of mesmerized by this movie this cult movie and uh i bought i'd only just bought the album and so i sort of linked tattooed dancer with santa sangrea even though it, completely different people i mean um santa sangrea is a a, a a beautiful analogy on the on the um on the Abuse of power and the mental state of uh, of shock, whereas tattoo dance is about some heavily tattooed dancer on a sunset strip. Um, the Aussies clearly had a a moment with all one of the members of the bands have. Um, uh, you know the great lyric. Well, she's a mean, hard woman, and she knows what she wants. She's a tattooed rock and roll dancer. I'm under her thumb, and when she tells me to come, oh, it's the only way I can answer. Oh, ooh, is anyone can answer? Um, I mean, there are the bits that that make it a bit uh, on PC. Is he does have this bit where he double tracks his vocal and um, pulls it through on a different track and extends the thing where he goes, 
and excuse me for swearing here, uh, dance for me, bitch. Um, you know, uh, it's it is is it sexist? Yes. Is it the excesses of heavy metal? Yes. Um, do I roll my eyes and go, oh, I would never listen to that? No, because it's a time and space. It's the reason why I watch Carry On movies. It's the reason why that I watch uh, movies that are on PC because and listen to read books that are not PC and because it's a different time and place. You cannot put today's morals on yesteryear's morals. And it's the same with this song. Uh, it's a dangerous and slippery slope we are living on we are in and i'm sorry if i lose any listeners by saying this but it is the way it is um i'm an old middle-aged man and i feel that it's very very dangerous times we live in to be uh honest um anyway positive things of course because we are we are not misogynistic as much as we used to be and females have more control and in metal particularly there's more females and you know my love of female fronted and female oriented rock music and heavy metal and I think it's a wonderful thing uh, there is a gender and sexual equality within the music but there's also a point where in the past it's a different time anyway rant over I'll get off my soapbox um, they'll never put me away god damn them i'll never put me away so my soul's on fire so i think what they they're saying here is that they pro- it's either probably a story about a, 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 you know a guy on the run um you know in a tattoo parlor or he may have killed her and now he's on the he's you know on the run who knows um it's just a brilliant piece you do get a lot of the um a lot of Zach Wilde's um, over-the-top squealies in this, his pinch harmonics, uh, and it's got that real sort of swagger. You can just see the, almost see the layer of sweat on the dance floor and the pole shining and the disco lights and the, you know, and to be honest, sadly, almost the the blue vein tattoo, the the marks of the of the, of the needles where these poor girls are users and only way they can make money to, to feed their addiction is to dance naked or to pull tricks. Um, uh, you know, and these rock and roll fiends feeding them um, for their own altruistic and voyeuristic outcomes. But it is a great song. Out of side, it is a cracker. It's probably the, as I said before, my favourite you know, it's definitely now. I think about it. It's my favourite of the post of the Zach Wild post diary um, Aussie songs. And there's a lot of songs out there that are amazing, absolutely amazing. But this one just it sort of I don't know it it sits in and 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 strokes my purient life um, thought pattern sometimes. Anyway, we again get demon alcohol, demon alcohol. Uh, it says what it does on the bottle. It says what it does on the package. It will be about his um, his alcohol abuse, uh, abuse and addiction. And I think that's isn't that a wonderful thing that we can do that in music. That and we can do it in all art forms, writing, music, um, all sorts of things. You can you can air your and stand up comedy. I did stand up comedy for a little while, um, uh, and it was a good way of airing your your. Um, your dirty laundry basically getting managed to I mean what did um, you know uh, the wonderful um, Billy Conley say if it wasn't for stand up he'd have been um, completely broke because he had no way of using uh, had no therapy and it's the same with this I think it's is Aussie's 
you know, I'll wash away your lies and have you hypnotized. There'll be no comp compromise today. I share your life of shame. I think you know my name. I'll introduce myself today. I'm demon alcohol. I mean, it's not like he's putting it with any, um, he's not hiding it behind any clever wordplay, is he? Uh, he's saying what he is. It's demon alcohol. And um, all of us, every single one of us, like all of us have been touched with our, uh, um, suicide. We've also been touched with people with alcohol abuse and drug abuse in our lives. And um, here is a note just to say, guys, that please do reach out. And if you do have a problem and you know you've got a problem and knowing you've got a problem is half the problem. I've said problem four times there, now five times. <laughs> but I'm making light of this. Sorry, guys. If you have that, reach out. There are plenty of people out there, you know, to, to see and to help. And you can get better. Um, and music can do that for you, baby. It can really do that. Um, if you need to find an addiction, music is not. There are worse things to be addicted to. Um, anyway, moving on. So we then move on to the next one, which is Hero, okay? Hero is probably one of the most prototypical Aussie songs on this album. Um, it's basically trying to, I think, again, he's probably reaching out to Sharon and his family, saying, I don't want to be your hero. Like, I mean, he's, he's, he's a flawed human, like all of us. Um... Uh, I know, and he's weak. Um, I can't. I can try to take you higher, but I don't want to wear your broken crown. You know it brings me down. Um, he, he, basically, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be there. I don't think he feels he's strong enough to fix people, and I don't think he's strong enough to be hero a hero material. Because when you're in the depths of alcohol abuse and drug abuse, uh, I've not been there. Um, as you say, but I, I'm just this from the outside looking in, and from friends and family that have issues you do have such low self self-esteem that you don't want to you don't believe that you can um get out of it and so you don't you don't want to be someone's hero he's no more he the, the he's full he says i don't want to disappoint the fools no more the fools no more so i guess he's probably saying that to his fans as well you know if he's got some bad criticism probably from ultimate sin uh, you know he doesn't want to be your heroes why i mean the the Stranglers did it with No More Heroes, classic, classic track, where they just wanted to be musicians and, and didn't want to be people's um, poster boys, although, let's be honest, everyone, all rock and roll stars want to be poster boys. Um, you change your tune, you don't know what to play, so don't you run away. Everybody's talking crazy, some think I'm the devil, maybe. Um, yeah, I th again, all down to the bat-eating Farago and the issues that he had with... Um, touring groups issues with sabbath i mean at that time you know um one second pardon me i must get a new mic i don't know what happened there uh anyway um you know he, uh, with sabbath was coming you know headless crosses was a year or so away um he'd been, they'd been recording with um tony martin for years um hero of mine and sharon didn't like it so sharon and ozzy decided to write them out of history um and ozzy i think that would have hurt ozzy a lot because you know deep down even though they had animosity they had created beautiful music together you know in a history as well so it's probably something to do with that as sort of as as part of it saying to these sabbath fans you know i'm not your hero um don't look at me that way you know i mean I'm, am i reading too much into it Maybe I am. Uh, and then we end the album on Liar. 
Now, Liar is has uh, again uh, his refrain in Liar uh, is one of the best of the post Sabbath era um, tracks. Um, it has that sort of it is I'd call the ballad of the album. Um, you know, you ask me to the time of day I tell you I don't know in darkness I'm light years away the voices come and go save me all my life I've been a liar burning bridges in the rain the crying embryo I seem so blissfully insane but still the pain won't go um, you know it 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 definitely is um, it definitely is uh, really we're coming into the depths here I think uh, you know he's He's really searching his soul in this in this these album these songs on this album. Um, he's had some fun, you know. Like I didn't mention it before, so I did make the note, and it can it just, I wasn't on the right piece of paper. But like um, Miracle Man, you know, it's basically about Jimmy Swaggart. Um, uh, those that know who Jimmy Swaggart is, he was a is a preacher, was a preacher, um, and you know he's basically. It was it drove people into a fervent frenzy of religious religiosity and um, took lots of money from the church um, and you know um, he was sort of a, a TV evangelist okay um, and you know the church saw him as people see him as a sinner other people see him as a savior uh, in fact I have family friends who saw Jimmy Swaggart when he played at Wembley Stadium Many years ago, um, uh, how I know that is that my friend Mark, uh, Mark, Mark, yeah, um, no, was it Mark? Yeah, Mark. Sorry, I'm looking at the distance there. He, another Mark, loads of friends called Mark. It's a generational thing. His parents were really religious, which was interesting. You say they were really religious, but his dad had a big stack of um, softcore porn mags on the side of his. Side of his bed, and he used to go to his house, and um, when his mum and dad were out, and and we'd flick through these copies of Razzle and Mayfair and Penthouse, and um, I remember once we we looked through about ten ten of them, and I put them back on the bedside table that they were stacked there, um, with very suspicious adverts for sex toys cut out from them as well. Anyway. <laughs> You won't. It's one of those things. Uh, each into their own, baby. Each into their own. Um, and I remember we, we were sort of playing on his Commodore 64. And that tells you how old this was. And um, and he came in, his dad came in, and his dad was a really nice guy, really lovely guy. And he went up to the bedroom to get changed after work, and he got really angry because they were not in the order he wanted them to be in. He, he didn't mind his then 12-year-old boy looking at... Um, what we like to term in, in the trade in the UK as wank mags. Um, oh, I hope I don't get upset people by saying that. Um, but anyway, naughty magazines, top shelf um, things. Uh, he didn't care. No, no, he just didn't want. He didn't want it in the wrong order. <laughs> and I want to say stack. I'm talking thirty or forty of them. Unbelievable, really. When I think about it, I just each into their own baby. Each and to their own. Anyway, I'm well off track track there. So yes, yeah, so 
liar. So it's a really sad refrain. The lyric refrain is beautiful. The recording's beautiful. It is sort of a good ending to a really classic album that is sadly, I think, uh, lost in the time and lost in the pantheon of Aussie albums. I really want you guys... I'm finishing up now because I'm almost at an hour. Um, I want you to go away um, and play it, yeah? And see what you think. See what if you think you feel the same way about the way that uh, I feel about the lyrics in the album and the guitar solos and Zach Wilde's, the birth of of, of um, Zach Wilde. Um, I really now can only listen to him in very small doses. I love early Black, uh, Black Label Society, love his Aussie stuff, um, but some of it, he just gets a little bit too samey-samey. Um, you'd never tell that to him to his face. He's a big mammoth of a man that probably would bottle you uh, without thinking. Um, but he's probably a big softy as well. I mean, I know someone who's interviewed him and they had a great time interviewing him. So anyway, that's my wrap of um, No Rest for the Wicked. Um, great album cover as well. Him, Ozzy sitting on a throne surrounded by... Um, kids it's a it's a good good it's it's yeah i if i'm gonna give it out of five i'm gonna give it a four i wouldn't give it five because it it, aussie i don't you know too many other albums are brilliant but this is my favorite one of them because of the the time the place the the connection with tattoo dancer and santa sangrea the um you know the uh and the connections with Mark and his dad and the poor mags and, you know, buying the CD, the, the cassette with my own, you know, all of my money I had that week. It's just, it's just, I mean, the, the music is why I do this podcast because it's what I like to express my love for this stuff. Anyway, I've rambled on. I keep rambling on. Please do, um, please, 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 please do like my podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Do pop over to my Facebook page. I'll look the link below. Come and say hello. Leave me a message. Talk about anything you want to talk about. Um, do give me some ideas about the 50th episode. Um, I hope you're all well. Hope keeping safe. Um, and uh, thank goodness gigs are all back out and going again. So there'll be some good gig reviews coming up because there's some big gigs coming this year. Uh, and anyway, see you on the other side, guys. Bye. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.